and starts a rapping career as Eminem. It's actually the basis of the um of the Robot Chicken sketch is uh, Looney Tunes because Bugs Bunny is B Rabbit. But they did the Green Mile. Yeah. Whoosh! <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Demonstrate the Loop, a Magic the Gathering podcast doing everything from discussions to set dissections. And today we are doing a set dissection <laughs> around Innistrad <laughs> Midnight. <laughs> I am your host, Drew. Hello, Drew. Uh, we also are joined today by your host, Daniel. Say hello, Daniel. Hi, guys. I'm Daniel. Nice to meet you. What's up? Thanks. It's been really nice for us here as well. And also, our host, Josh. Say hello, Josh. Hello. Uh, sorry, a vast free antivirus has popped up a pop-up. I got distracted. Uh, hello, everyone, though. You know what? Let me tell you something about a vast free antivirus. Doesn't that thing come with pop-up blocker? Ain't that like <laughs> the exact opposite of what it's supposed to do? Um, That's called creating the need. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! You got 30 viruses! And the thing is, they still get rid of them for free, but they yeah. want to make sure that you know that they did it. Yeah, if you, exactly. If, if, if VAS prevented somehow. you from getting viruses, then it wouldn't serve any purpose. <laughs> if medicine prevent disease, how does it cure it? Today's episode <laughs> is a review of the latest Magic the Gathering set, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Um, this is a uh, this is our third time visiting the plane of Innistrad in a uh, ostensibly werewolf focus set and the first half of their two planes that we're going to spend there the second one being the upcoming crimson vow this winter um with our i with our format for set reviews i really should have this down by now but good good lordy lord i just i just don't um but we do have a number of returning mechanics we have a number of new mechanics um one of them being kind of a a new twist on an old favorite before we get into specifics uh general vibes going into this set release um i guess uh we'll start with daniel then josh then me um Mm -hmm. were you were you optimistic about this set were you pessimistic about this set i will say (laughs) i'll say come on i will i will say this um, this is the Innistrad set I have been most excited for. Ooh. Reason being is that I, I'm the, it bills itself as gothic horror. And I know that out of the three of us, I like horror things and spooky things probably the most. I like a good violent, good old frightening, but man, I cannot get into zombies or vampires and werewolves. And I always feel like the ghosts and like the humans are like the least important part of these sets, which are like the parts that I'd be most pumped about. And so I got really excited with the early, like midsummer vibes, like cult stuff. It looked like it was mm-hmm. going to have a lot more cult stuff. And I got really pumped and I was like, oh man, we're going to get cool cult humans and they're going to be like evil and awful because they're in a cult. It is, it's, it's just kind of a bunch of werewolves. There's some vampires in there, and zombies got a lot of support, y'all, and there are still ghosts and humans, and they're in it. So, I'm I'm disappointed, which is new for an Innistrad set, because normally I just wouldn't care, but now I'm actually disappointed. They got your hopes up and dashed them quite expertly, sir. Uh, Josh, how do you feel about it? How did you think about it going into it? Well, going into it, I I've never I don't care all that much about Innistrad specifically as a setting because yeah I don't 
I don't feel too bigly strong about vampires, werewolves, zombies. Um, and on the other side of it, I don't feel a whole lot different. There's some stuff I like about this set, but overall, I just kind of feel empty inside. I just wanted all of us to sit with that for a moment. I, <laughs> um, I was kind of jazz festivaled about it. I was pretty pumped uh, going into the set. I like what I've seen coming out of it. Um, I like Innistrad. Uh, um, Innistrad was like a big deal set that came out pretty soon after I started playing the game. Um, it's a plane that I think is is sufficiently neat, and I also I'm I'm a bit more interested in it from a lore perspective. It just because I like we know that Immercool is in the moon here. <laughs> the moon drives a lot of like the actual magical properties of the plane, which I think is kind of neat. <laughs> and um, Soren's whole bloodline is dead. Um, so <laughs> like I, I guess by that by that line, I'm probably a bit more interested in what um, is going to happen with Crimson Val, um, just because Soren is the character that I have time invested in. But I I, I liked seeing uh, similar to. Um, really enjoying, I'm already forgetting, uh, uh, enjoying the last time we went to Zendikar when there wasn't just like a plot, big, like universal stuff happening to this small plane. I like seeing Innistrad whenever just mm -hmm. Innistrad things are happening to it. Um, I don't like, it's as much as, you know, crossover stuff. I get that it, you know, it connects the worlds and things like that. I, I like Innistrad being able to have Innistrad problems because then whenever we go to another plane, it's problems still different. If I keep seeing mm -hmm. the same villain show up in multiple worlds, what do the worlds even mean? Um, but yeah, like, and so I actually really appreciated a return to um, just werewolves causing the issues on Innistrad. That is cool to me because it has the mm -hmm. werewolves. Other planes don't get to have werewolves because Innistrad took them all. And that's the story. Um, and so I guess with that, it is... I don't know. Um, I I am I'm a bit sour on it in the way that I'm a bit sour on everything Wizards does um, because I am objective and big brained. Um, but other than that, like mm. I, I I am pretty net positive on it. Um, so with that out of the way, let's go into just kind of <clears throat> the new and returning mechanics. We'll kind of kick these around uh, for people to talk about specifically. Uh, but the first one, kind of the, the marquee one, I guess you could say, is Daybound and Nightbound. Anyone particularly want to talk about Daybound and Nightbound? I'm willing to talk about that. Um, so well, that's Josh. Then. That's Josh all day. That is me. So the way that Daybound Nightbound works is that um, similar to Monarch, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, um, but it's similar to Monarch in that um, in any game where you're not running cards that do Daybound, Nightbound stuff, you don't worry about the Day-Night Cycle at all. But as soon as you play a card that um, either is Daybound or just explicitly sets it as Day, um, you start the Day-Night Cycle. Mm -hmm. um, it It is entirely working at the um, original Innistrad werewolf mechanic which was that um they transformed whenever a player didn't cast any spells on their turn flavor being there's no activity so it's mm -hmm. it turns to nighttime the people turn werewolves and then from there uh they would flip back if a player played two spells on their turn more activity turns day so they've taken that that was just specifically on each werewolf in the original innistrad and they've turned that into the day night cycle once it begins 
you play a card that sets it as day, then from then on, if a player does not play a spell in their turn, it's going to turn nighttime. Um, it does, it clears up a little bit of how the old werewolves worked because those original ones, it was, you know, each individual werewolf was looking for that no spells cast, two spells cast. You'd have your werewolves out of sync in their transformedness looking for different things. Mm -hmm. um, and this one just sets it as that. And notably, once it is night, when you cast a uh, one of your werewolves that has daybound, nightbound, it enters on the nightbound side. It enters transformed, which is mm -hmm. meaningful and a lot. it's a lot cleaner. Um, the set also does include other things that look at and care about the day-night cycle, but it's mainly mm -hmm. around the werewolves. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, the, the biggest kind of win for me is that I, um, it's, it makes werewolves kind of make more sense. Like it, it, it's weird for some things to be werewolves and other things that are werewolves to be regular humans at the same time. This mm -hmm. kind of cleans that up at least for new ones. Um, and, and because they've now tied it to, uh, day and night, those words now have rules, meaning other mm. things can care about them that aren't inherently werewolves. And so that's something I'm also on board with. And now that the set is out, we also know that this did not errata the previous werewolves because right. that was kind of still up in the air for a bit. Um, and it did not do that. Um, I, um, I think that's the right call. Because um, I know in specific discussions that we've had um, with cards like Emmerwolf that prevent a uh, transformation that mm -hmm. can't work with day night and effect would have to prevent a change from day to night or vice versa mm -hmm. to do that with new werewolves. Um, so I like that the old ones kind of just stay how they are because like they're not um, they're not problematic mechanically or anything like that. Maybe a bit you know messier, but I, I kind of now now seeing that they didn't um, alter those older cards, I kind of prefer it this way because it allows those old werewolves to all work as intended when they were designed, and now there are just more potentially viable werewolves. Uh, Dan, what's your thoughts on some day and night? The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. Yeah. Here are my favorite things about day and night. Um, number one is that you can run a card like, um, oh, where was it? I was just looking at it, and I liked it, and it made me smile. i got to find it, though, because I well, scrolled down. Good. Oh, no. Oh, here it is. Uh, Firmament Sage. It is three and one blue, uh, and it doesn't transform. It's a human wizard. Uh, if it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as Firmament Sage enters the battlefield, and whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you draw a card. Now you can play that card and now that's just a thing that now has to be kept track of for the whole game and you don't even have wolves. You should also just run stuff for City's Blessing, run cards that care about the order of graveyards, and you should just jam up as many of these. Hey, y'all, keep track of this. Have mm -hmm. foretell and mm -hmm. adventures, mm -hmm. and then have prosper exile and then a bunch of other types of exile. Just... Just go buck wild. Just go. Um, no, I I mean, obviously, this is a, a better way for wolves mm -hmm. and werewolves to work. But, like, it's the cards that don't care about those that make it really funny to me. Um, but there is an interesting <laughs> thing down here. Uh, for Tovalar, the dire overlord, who's like the werewolf commander of the set, um, uh, he actually has an ability that works with the old werewolves, how they're worded. 
Uh, it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more wolves and or werewolves, it becomes night. Then transform any number of human werewolves you control. Uh, so you yes. will always be having your werewolves working uh, to do whatever you wanted to. But the most fun part about that is that if you're running something like Maskwood Nexus, where all of your creatures are human werewolves, hmm. any creature you have that can transform at all, even hmm. if it's not originally a human werewolf, they now are. And now you can transform them with your werewolf guy. Just be like, I'm a flip a Delver. Like, I'm just <laughs> going to do it. No one can stop me. So Day and Night has just mm-hmm. enough stupid mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of like Mutate did, where it's just like, there's no, absolutely no reason for that. But it's parasitic in a way that I find very cute. Still probably is useless. No, because werewolves are at least a cool mechanic. People yeah. like that more than party. So this one is going to have some like actual stuff <laughs> happening in it. So this mm-hmm. is a good, a good parasitic mechanic because this parasitic mechanic has a guy that fixes old parasitic mechanic to now work with new parasitic mechanic. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that that's really cool that they did that. So day and night, I'm actually, I'm into it in the sense that I'm not going to run any of it. But I do like I do like that it is there. I think that it's cool. It it's flavorful. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. I'm about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the next new uh, new mechanic is Coven. Uh, Coven is an ability that uh, that triggers, and it basically it's additional effect that you get to reward you for having three creatures of different power. As an example card with that, we have Sigarda, Champion of Light, one green, white, white for a four four flying trample. Humans you control get plus one plus one, um, and then Coven. Whenever Sigarda attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a human creature. Uh, card from among them and put it into your hand put the rest on the bottom in a random order um coven i i guess the only thing that i can really say that's like a negative about it is just that it's kind of fine um i do like that it rewards you for playing a variety of stuff that would hopefully lead to games having just more different cards in them especially because we are currently at a state where a lot of just token saturation is kind of the name of the game um and so i like that it does that to an extent um but i don't i, I don't know it just it doesn't feel very witch and coveny to me um it doesn't hit that flavor mm-hmm. for me really at all but other than that like i do i do like what it does maybe it's just naming isn't quite hitting for me um but that that's kind of my only real thoughts on it yeah i think i i feel kind of the same way certainly on the um on the naming um because yeah it it the I don't think it's in. Is it exclusively on Selesnia on on white green? I don't. I don't remember. That's where it's focused. I don't know 100 percent if that's exactly where it is, but yeah, yeah. Um, but in in any case, yeah, it's um seeing it when when the first original card that got spoiled really early with it, I was expecting very much the flavor to be. Um, you know, even if it's stuck in Selesnia, to be like these are some these are some good witches. These are some white witches. Um, and it's going to be witchy and it just didn't come up to that. Like, I think it's interesting enough as a mechanic concept. I think primarily it's just, um, none, none of the specific triggers, none of the specific cards that do it, uh, really, really, uh, really jostled my, my brain in uh, the good way so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really hoping, that was my thing, is that I was just like, oh, we have witches and an evil cult that seem to be Selesnia. I was really hoping for, like, a Selesnia villain. I thought that would have been really, really fun. 
This is like a thing yeah. to see, but we didn't get that. I I guess the villain is some kind of half dog or a bat person. So whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I I do think the coven is cool. Mm. I I like. Once again, it's one of those things like that I feel like is not that good. I don't know if any of the coven cards are that great. Maybe there's something uh, like really good in standard. Although a part of me feels, cause is it four or three creatures with different three, powers? Three. It's three. Okay. So it's going to be a little better than, than party maybe, <laughs> but like in standard getting creatures to stick, especially in this set coming out with so much good. God dang removal. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how a coven deck can work at all. Yeah. Like in standard. And then because mm-hmm. it's such a, a new fresh thing, I don't know. Like we're getting the Coven Commander. Like we we're gonna have one, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at the same time, how good can that be? <laughs> like what is what yeah. is the what is the best that a Coven deck can do? Well, because it, because it specifically is an upkeep trigger on mm-hmm. most of these, or like a combat. Like it's not even like. Like, there are blink shenanigans to make infinite things with, like, the dungeons, with the dungeon mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can break Coven. I don't think yeah. there's, like, some, oh, I've tricked you into Covening. Now I've Covened so hard that you've <laughs> lost the game. No, yeah. it's, like, just kind of a slow value build um, and have to hope that your stuff just doesn't like. Is it's, there is there something I might be missing, Drew? I mean, there's there's Augur of Autumn, which is a rare from the rare cycle. Um, but it, its coven ability basically makes it um part of Vizier of the Menagerie for one mana cheaper. So it has coven as long as you control three or more creatures with different powers. You may cast creature spells from the top of your library. That's card advantage. That's um, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. You can all, oh, also as a flat default, it can always look at the top and it lets you play land. So it's kind of a coarser of crew fix that can with investment become also vizier of the menagerie. So right. I mean that, that that's, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, oh, and it's also, I mean, that's kind of like abundance as well. It's kind of like the enchantment abundance. I think the, the trickiest part of this is having three creatures on board is already good. Coven is an added upside to something you already want to do. So I think the, like the ceiling on it power wise is more so I think from a design perspective, there's only so strong you can responsibly make it because it's rewarding a player who's already doing okay um, mm. by having a coven ability that's very strong. No, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some stuff. I don't know about that. The kind of stuff that they've made with landfall, I don't. I, that's, I, that's I will fair. never look at that argument and be like, yeah, that holds mm-hmm. water. It's like, that's, oh, playing lands is good. Ramping out extra lanes is good. What if that won you the game? Having access to more lands because mm-hmm. you just got them instead of like casting stuff. No, I no they they could bust Coven and it would lose to even the worst landfall type. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can have it be uh, Coven. You win the game if you have different ones. Yeah, it looks like Coven is just uh, Coven triggers. Looking at a couple more cards with it, it kind of just triggers all over the place. Some of them are on attack. Some oh, of them some are, of them are keep. Okay. Some of them are right. yeah. So that's uh, good. Yeah, I know like, that most of the ones have been like on your upkeep dupe. Thing, yeah, like uh-huh. Augur of Autumn is kind of just perpetual. Just if at any point, I shouldn't say perpetual. That word hell has rules baggage. Um, it's constant, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah. I'm um, at any point if you have those, you now get more effects on this card. So yeah, it looks like Coven is kind of open as to when it can happen, which I think adds to some potential. Yeah. Uh, lets okay. it do a bit more. Well, I hope that it does well. I'm I'm not the Selesnia person of the group. I don't like to do a lot of tokens. I don't do a lot of plus one plus one counters. Mm-hmm. And so a deck that makes you have to have 
like if you're going big tokens, you probably are going to have a lot of similar power toughnesses. So you kind of have to go like a weird, a weird like up down mm-hmm. middling, and mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. interesting. I guess that makes Selesnya not have to just be like go wide or go huge. It's like no, you want to go middle and different, and like that's <laughs> that's cattywampus enough for me to at least smile at it. So 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 Coven for me gets a cattywampus smile out of ten. Josh, do you have any thoughts about Coven? I, the only other thing I was going to say is, yeah, I think it compares the most directly to party and that shouldn't feel good. <laughs> now, to be fair, party didn't get a dedicated commander for it, like a commander precon for it. There's a, there's a commander right, for it, yeah. but there was no precon to give it other things to make it good. There was going to be a whole set for it, but that was wrong. Yeah, yeah, they instead gave the precon to um, Landfall, which needed help, and uh, Demir Rogues, which did not <laughs> which have a, help. a good... Yeah, right. they needed some help in that standard environment. Right. Um, the, the next right. one we have is, I'm going to say, is basically flashback for creatures, but we have Disturbed. Ah, yeah, I want to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. this one. Daniel mm-hmm. got Disturbed. I like Disturbed. Um, I like this one because Coven doesn't... I guess when I think of a coven, like a witch's coven, or like the weird kind of culty feel, and, you know, for some reason, like, coven, especially if, like, I, I don't know the lore enough, is the coven even anything to do with the cult? Does the cult even matter, or was that one art on a card that just made it look like a cult? Is there a cult? The, um, currently Sigarda, host of Herons, um, that one of those angels who were supposed to protect humanity, the only one that's kind of really around and able to do anything is Sigarda, who is green-white aligned, the humans are green-white aligned, so that, um, that coven is kind of a self-protection ritual because all of the things that were supposed to exist to protect the humans from the plane of Innistrad have all gone. Avacyn went insane. Um, The other guardian angels have (laughs) fused into a hell monster. The only one that is still around is basically Sigarda. So that, that coven it's it. The, I think Innistrad here and the in Coven specifically is actually kind of a victim of our you know real world association with the word Coven because technically Coven is just short for Covenant. Any group of people can have a Covenant. Gotcha. But oh, yeah. uh-huh. I live in the world where American Horror Story exists, so I think of it as witches now. But yeah, like it's it's just humans, and it's just humans more more um, specifically focused on. Well, there's no angels going to protect us. We got to do it ourselves. Everybody dance, and that's kind of what Coven <laughs> has gotten to. It's folks okay. hanging out. Because if it was a cult, I was going to say that if it was a cult, the idea of different power and toughnesses didn't make any sense to me because I was like, mm-hmm. a, like a cult is supposed to be incredibly uniform, terrifyingly yep. so. Um, <laughs> and so, but even then, I still don't know if I quite get what different power and toughness. I guess yeah. it's different. It's you have a little bit of everything to help strengthen the power of the covenant because all different types have to work together. I can yeah. kind of see that, I guess, but it's still weird. Where Disturb is so perfect, there's a yes. card in your graveyard. It's like, let's say it's a malevolent hermit, uh, a two-mana, two-one uh, human wizard who has pay a blue, sacrifice him, counter-target non-creature spell unless its controller pays three. And Disturb, for two and one blue, it says you may cast this card from your graveyard, transformed for its Disturb cost. Um, and essentially, it comes back as a ghost. Uh, a benevolent geist, a benevolent geist. <laughs> it's, it's a spirit wizard with flying. Non-creature spells you control can't be countered. Uh, it is a 2-2, and if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, you exile it instead. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just, hey, I'm dead. And it's just like, hey, bud, I'm shaking your grave. Help. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> fine. And they just come back at like you disturbed the grave. So ghosts come out. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. It's so simple. And like flashback on creatures that isn't like unearthed. Like, mm-hmm. yep. it's mm-hmm. such a simple mechanic. I'm shocked it's taken this long to get it. Like, mm-hmm. flavorfully, I really like Disturb. Once again, not quite sure how effective it is. Uh, maybe, like, maybe there's going to be a really good control shell that comes out of this. It's in Azorius Colors. Mm-hmm. I get a little bit more value on your on your creatures and everything, and that's always good. But it it just seems kind of fine. But, you know, a lot of people weren't too hype on adventures, and so having things that can be two things, like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. it's died once, I'm going to get this back, like, that has proven to be very strong before. So maybe Disturb will have more legs or invisible feet than I think it does. Um, but flavorfully, I think it's a home run. But like, in like, I'm not impressed with any of the cards. Like, none of these cards are things I would run, even if I was playing standard or or vice versa. But I really like the mechanic, even though I think like the set's full of mechanics that I think are cool but ultimately useless. But it's <laughs> it's kind of the thing uh-huh. with the thing Innistrad in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, it's uh, like Flashback existed before Innistrad, yeah. but it kind of it fits the it fits the flavor of the of the world so much. And that's where I that's why I think. Um, like a lot has been written about Innistrad as a plane in its initial sets. And I think that's just kind of why it's the things just kind of tied together flavorfully, just very well and very elegantly, like disturbing the grave to get a ghost to come out just feels right. That just feels like what that should do. And I mean, like, again, it's, I think it's, I think the biggest strength of Innistrad as a plane is that while a lot of the cards in it are powerful, they don't have to be powerful to be cool because the flavor of the mechanics whenever we're on Innistrad just are always, are usually so rad. Um, the card with the serve though that I actually do want to call out because I think it's in, I think, I don't know if I'm necessarily, I, I am paying attention to it for like builds and stuff, but I don't think I'm going to, but is a Denik Pious Apprentice, a blue and a white two, three with lifelink. Uh, cards in graveyards can't be targets of spells or abilities, but it itself has disturb. And then whenever it's disturbed, it's a 3-2 with flying. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into graveyards from anywhere, investigate. This ability triggers only once each turn. Um, and then it has the, if it would be put into a graveyard, you exile it. And it's just, it's very interesting to me that it's a go, like, he, he goes, you, the dead are sanctified and you should not mess with them. You should leave them where they are. And then once he is a ghost, anytime someone does, he's going to find you. He's going to look around, he's going to figure out what you're doing. He's going to figure out what is going on here. I don't like it. And I just really like that. Like that design, it's not, it doesn't seem very powerful. It doesn't seem oppressive really at all. Um, it, it hoses graveyards to an extent, but I've said on the show before that I think there should be more of that ability anyway. It just, it mm-hmm. seems really elegant. It seems really nice. And like, and like I said, like there's nothing here that seems, you know, to my, to my untrained eye, like ridiculously busted. And so I think it'll, I think it'll be a, a mechanic that people don't mind. And like, I have a Sadisi deck that I've been looking at a couple of these. And if I were getting cards this year, I'd probably include them because it's a cheaper way to get a creature back sometimes. Seems mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think this one could actually, because I, Loris is going to be rotating out of standard when this drops, but he still, Loris still runs rampant in historic, 
from yep. my understanding. So this card uh-huh. might like it's a two mana investment. It's got lifelink. It's a it's a two three. Like I think against those decks, it might be a good sideboard card. I yeah. I do like like I said, Disturbed yeah. is my favorite mechanic out of all of these in this mm-hmm. set because mm-hmm. I like I like spooky ghouls. But for some reason, in the set, the ghouls and the spooky ghosts are always like kind of good guys. That bums me out because it's just like <laughs> ghosts. There's so many angry ghosts. <laughs> Why can't there just be like more angry ghosts? <laughs> the one guy that's malevolent becomes a good guy when he's. A I ghost. know, right? It's like. <laughs> are like you know I, I guess things were different here but you know i just give me a good incorporeal ghost it's just like fight me dog fight me bat you can't hurt me i'm a ghost and just kills them and eats them all like give me i just want a big spooky ghost or a big spooky man that eats all the dogs and bats just a ghost that eats uh josh you have any thoughts on disturb I definitely agree that it's it's flavorfully just right. I do also think it's pretty cute that each of these, um, when they come back flipped on the disturbed side, if they would be put in a graveyard anywhere, you exile them instead, which makes them really one-to-one uh, compared to flashback, since flashback is specifically when you flash it back, you exile it when it resolves. Mm-hmm. I think they did a cute job of making that directly analogous. Um, and it's like, I, I think it's not not all but the majority of the critters with disturb are humans and then they all flip into spirits oh maybe not quite oh yeah no i think they all do flip into spirits and so like there's no I vampire think... ghosts on anastrod right right but i just i think there could be something there's a hippogriff do... there's a hippogriff that turns into a hippogriff spirit right yeah but they're like there could be a a human <laughs> a human tribal spirit tribal deck out there to do something with this i don't know you'd run requiem angel so whenever your non-spirit creatures die you get a one one spirit then you disturb them back and get a spirit there's something here there's something here but it is at least cute for now at least oh another thing is that they only exile if they go to the graveyard. So yeah, if you so have you a way to, them. yeah, if you blink these oh, spirits, yeah. guess what? That brings them back to life. <laughs> That's they, reincarnation, they, baby. They're only, <laughs> they're only exiled if they are if they are actually put uh-huh, to rest uh-huh. in the graveyard. Other than that, they get to stay around. They uh, oh. all right. So the next mechanic mm-hmm. is decayed. I'll 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 read up decayed. Um, mm-hmm. decayed uh, is an ability. This is uh, the creatures with decayed can't block. Whenever they attack, they are sacrificed at the end of turn. Um, it is on a lot of just zombies and zombie-related things. I love this. I love spooky zombies that are falling apart. Yes, mm-hmm. these are mm-hmm. George Romero zombies. They're shambling. They're barely held together. Whenever they do exert themselves, that's all they were good for. They're gone now. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Love this. I think the zombies is, if anything, a bit too strong, and it does only get stronger with every Innistrad set at least, but also with yeah. most sets in general. Um, right. Decade is good. I think more zombies should have Decade. I think it's a perfectly fine drawback because you just put them in the yard, and if you're a really good zombie deck, you're just going to get them back. That's how it goes. That's the bag. That's well, the whole bag, well, baby. The thing on that, though, because I was, I was just a bit ago looking this up, um, a thing that I was surprised oh, about no. is there is not... There is not a single creature printed that is just a creature that has decayed. Um, every single thing either makes the 2-2 two, two 
black zombie creature token with decayed. Um, and then there's a new Gissa that lets you get back opponents dead creatures and gives them decayed. And then there's Ghoul's Night Out, which uh, which is a cute title. But it's for each player, choose a creature card in that player's graveyard, put those cards onto the battlefield under your control. They're black zombies in addition to their other colors and they gain decayed. But um, those are the only things that give a not token decayed. Uh, and I really think that was kind of a missed opportunity. Like looking at the ability, it being it's it is essentially on its face at least um, nothing but drawback. They can't block. If they attack, they they fall apart. They die. Um, and like I feel like something that is a new mechanic that is on its face pure drawback opens up a lot of design space. And the fact that it ended up being almost exclusively just on the 2-2 zombie token. I feel like it was a missed opportunity. I do like it, though. I really, I definitely agree that it's um, flavorfully mm -hmm. correct, correct. And I could definitely see in Commander Precons and other stuff, I could really see it coming back. I could see us at some point getting creatures that just have it. Yeah. Like, give me, give me a disassembling skeleton that is a reassembling skeleton, but when you get it back, it just has decayed. And then you keep getting it back, but it's always decayed. I would love that. Well, I mean, there is, um, let me see here. Um, did I miss one? I don't think, okay. I was, I was actually just taking a look, um, because the, the, the commander set along this also has a blue, black zombies deck, um, with uh -huh. a commander that cares about decay, but it looks like none of the stuff in it has it. But yeah, like, I think it's, I would probably say that, yeah, it's, it's a missed opportunity in the sense that I think there's room to do it, but I think that I decayed feels like something that we will see again, just like you said. And mm -hmm. so it's a thing where. On Innistrad, I'm not exactly, I don't know, like I, I'm not too hung up about it because I'm kind of down for um, the token zombies. Just the random uh, necromancer just puts their hand out and zombies like, someone was surely buried nearby. This is Innistrad. And they mm -hmm. just get to mm -hmm. kind of come back. That like I'm fine with those being kind of our first dip into decayed as a mechanic there. And also whenever I have specifically reanimated something maliciously from an opponent, it has a drawback mm -hmm. to it. I, I kind of like that as well. But yeah, like it's definitely there. There could have been um, just even just like one or two creatures here, though. We do have a lot of creatures that care about decay or make things with decay. So I think mm -hmm. there's just kind of room for more on this one. Yeah. Dag. Oh, man. I won't be a negative Nelly. Um, it is a good mechanic. It seems like it will be effective. It seems like it might end up being strong sometimes. I'm proud of it. Hmm. Good job, hmm. Decayed. <laughs> I, I think it's the least interesting out of all of the other mechanics, but I think that it's good. I would really have liked for, and you know, um, Wizards, if you're listening, um, I, I will never ask for credit for this idea. Um, and if you're not listening, they better give me all of the credit if they do this. Um, <laughs> but I would, I would actually really like for a pseudo um, Demir or maybe mono black fog effect that just gave all creatures decayed until end of turn. Oh no, see, I would like that. That that would that would have been very cool. Um, and I think that's huh. not there. Like you could just do just like the reanimating miasma or something like that, or necrotic miasma, and it just it's like a pre fog. It's like all right. You can still attack if you're gonna if you're gonna do that. But that's it. That's all you get to do. Or it also yeah. doubles as a combat trick. You attack all out. They're like, I've got blockers, and you do that, and you're like, Well, you do for this turn. 
and then they're gone. That could have been a really, I think you could probably have that pretty high in rarity too. That seems actually like it might be pretty strong. I, I uh, want but to, that would have um, been very cool. I think there's room for it. Yeah. I've got a called shot here. That's probably not going to happen, but I've had the thought and I don't want to not say it in case I get this. I think when eventually we get uh, the Marvel secret layer uh, that has cards that are exclusively in that, but surely they're going to print a real magic in, in universe one eventually, but it'll be uh zombie Deadpool. He'll have decayed, but he keeps, you have a way to recur him continuously. And so he just continuously falls apart, but you can get him back in some way. And he's zombie Deadpool. A legendary skeleton with decayed would have been so cool. It's a, it's yeah. a like a commander that just continually dies and comes back, and that's like the whole. That would have been so neat. That's what I'm saying. Um, Disassembling skeleton. Give it to me, Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a uh, decayed in the the last um, the last new mechanic doesn't really have a name, but in general, it's just kind of like the vampire ability here where um, it's vampires getting an additional ability. If an opponent has lost life during the turn and it's usually on some form of ETB. Um, let me see here if I can somewhat quickly find a hmm. card. I'm going to have a lot of dead audio to cut out of the episode. Uh, at the yeah. beginning of your instep, if an opponent lost life this turn, put a plus one plus encounter on target vampire you control. Strom, Kirk, Blood Sheep, uh, two and a black. Vampire nom, room? Nom, nom. Nom, yep. Nom. Uh, I think Bloodthirst could be used for more than just counters. That's fine by me. If it's what vampires do. And uh-huh. it's a Rakdos uh-huh. mechanic. They just took a Rakdos mechanic and then they just uh, kept Put it on the vamps. <laughs> put it on vampires put it on the vamps yeah i mean i'm fine with that like give the vampires i don't know like i mean it's i like that vampires can do something other than just being more literally like physically powerful because someone has lost life let them do some stuff like that's the whole if you're gonna do vampires that's what vampires do let them do vampire stuff but other than that mm-hmm. yeah i'm like eh, mm-hmm. that's fine yeah. one of them makes a bat and whenever a vampire makes a bat i get happy about that that's that good good. I imagine um, that they just had a baby. <laughs> or maybe that's how it happens yes. when a vampire bites a dog. <laughs> turns into a when a vampire bites a dog, very much. <laughs> the other returning mechanics are flashback and investigate. Love it, love it. Got no beef with flashback. Flashback's perfectly fine. Um, it lets mm. things be spooky because they're in a graveyard now. And no. investigate just it's we've been getting a lot of investigate recently. If anything, mm. we need more investigate. Investigate's yes. a very good mechanic, should be around yes. all the time. It's great stuff. We'd love to see it. Um nom nom. Like it, like it. Uh, it stays yeah, good. I agree with that. Flashback's always good. I always like investigating. I think there might even be a flashback spell that investigates. So mm-hmm. games on. Uh-huh. gg wrap it up magic the gathering we are good we have got it here um other than that um so those are the those are the kind of mechanics i guess as we as we step um one foot out of this grave of the uh new returning (laughs) mechanics how do we how do we feel about just all of the mechanics in the set on the whole i'll say i think i'm just uh net positive like the worst i could say about a mechanic is that i think it's fine 
or like a bit odd, but there are, but other than those, I'm positive about the other ones. I obviously like flashback and investigate. I think Daybound Nightbound is a better way to do that. I think Disturb is great. I think Decayed is great. So I think I, I'm probably just net positive, though I'm not, you know, over the moon or anything. I think yeah, like I, I put myself at Ah, oh, you go first, Josh. You got it. I I think my ultimate all around feeling is that like other than Coven, I think not missing the mark or no, uh, scratch that. Mm-hmm. Other than Coven, in fact, slightly missing the mark. I think that like the Data Bound Nightbound Disturbed Decayed, I think they they really hit the flavor pretty dang well. Um, so props to that. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's cute, but Daybound Nightbound feeling really parasitic. Uh, and then like the other cards, despite the fact that I kind of like the the concept, I like the new ability, and the cards with the stuff didn't get there for me. So like I think I have an aesthetic appreciation for what the set's doing, and otherwise I don't really care. <laughs> personally yeah i think that i think that if i was to ever see anybody building around the mechanics that weren't the zombie or the wolf i would be ecstatic if somebody actually mm-hmm. came in i was just like i got a disturbed deck and i'm just gonna keep bringing ghosts back draw cards and something leaves the graveyard and just flip them back into humans with blink effects <laughs> i'd be like that's awesome if somebody sat down with a coven deck that like they actually made changes to I'd say, all right, man, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. that's never going to happen. So it's <laughs> so it's it as Josh said, it's very very cute, uh, and it will remain cute in a box somewhere on somebody's shelf that they might draft at some point. <laughs> but it won't be. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be anywhere where I see it. Those all right, so those are the thoughts on the on the new one returning. Um, after that, I would kind of want to go into just the, some notable cycles here. Um, the first one we have is the Adversary Cycle, which effectively are a cycle of creatures in at mythic rarity with multi-kicker. Um, uh, are there any like particular ones? Because I don't know that we'll go over all five of these, but are there any ones in particular that y'all want to talk about from this cycle? Because I've got one. Oh yeah, knock it out. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, the, the one that I'll use to highlight here is Tainted Adversary. One in a black... Um, 2-3 zombie with death touch. When Tainted Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay two and a black any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many 1-1 counters on Tainted Adversary, then create twice that many 2-2 black zombie creature co- tokens with Decayed. Love that. Like, it's... it's And it, it's, it's not exactly like a huge thing that's blowing me away with the flavor of the card i think it's just a really good zombie card but i like cards that can just kind of hit that hit the field and it's not a immediate win but it is like an oh shit for the whole table this is um i saw in some discussions some ridiculous comparisons but i'll i'll put my stake in the ground this is i think in a lot of situations in most situations a better grave titan and wizards has tried and failed to make a card that is as good as grave titan in a titan cycle ever since grave titan came out so like i think this card is very kind of impactful when it hits the board i like the flexibility of what is effectively multi-kicker here and this this dude seems like a like a bastard like if i lived on innistrad and needed to fight stuff i would hate to see this guy show up with an army of zombies that sucks it also enables an altar of the brood win if you have infinite mana 
Well, if you have mm. infinite mana and you win with Alter the Brood, then I like this card. Otherwise, this is a card that just <laughs> seems good in a way that I I don't care about. I would see it happen and I'd go, yeah, okay. That's that's that yeah. seems good. Hmm. Um, the hmm. red one copies a bunch of instants and sorceries, so I like that one the most. I won't run it. I ain't touching that. <laughs> yeah, I ain't yeah. gonna end up with one. It's not gonna happen. Josh, do you uh, want to mumble about one? Because the green uh, one is the only one that doesn't cost two mana. It's the only one that doesn't, uh, but it is a wolf, and I like wolves, but then it makes lands into wolves, <laughs> and I never really feel strongly about the critters that turn lands into critters, because it just seems like a good way to get your lands mm -hmm. killed, so that always, I see a card that does that, <laughs> and I just go, ew, ew, gross. So I would say that the green one is the grossest of all of them in my extremely subjective appraisal. <laughs> The one that I actually do want to highlight, so I guess at this point we will talk about all five, um, is Spectral Adversary. One in a blue, two, one, flash flying. Enters the battlefield, pay one in a blue any number of times to get that many counters. And also, up to that many other artifacts, creatures, and enchantments phase out. We're getting phase oh, out again. We're getting it at a rate of like one or two cards per set. Yeah. I like seeing phase out here. I like that it, like, it gives like temporary it, it ghosts something for a turn which i think is just very cool it doesn't reset etbs for your opponent so it's one it's almost always like good for you to do um uh, aggressively yeah. i could see it because as flash it's some board white protection um for like key cre it's creatures artifacts and enchantments so it hits a lot mm -hmm. of potential permanents there as some board white protection without mm -hmm. resetting an etb so i think it's i think it probably is net like maybe less powerful because of that, but I like it a bit more because of that. I mean, also costs more mana to do, but I, I like that a ghost comes up. It turns a couple other things into ghosts for a bit and then they come on back in. <laughs> it's pretty spooky. I do. I, I ghost it's a, sword. It's a spirit. Um, and I, I do like, I think that there's one other thing with phasing in this set, but I can't, mm -hmm. I can't remember it. So I'm not going to look too mad at it. And since we talked oh, about no. all those, here's the white one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Two, it's a 3-1 lifelink human scout. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you may pay one and a white any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many valor counters on intrepid adversary. Uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus one for each valor counter on intrepid adversary. Uh, it's a big anthem. Well, yep. it, yeah. it can be a big anthem. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, it gives it gives white a, light, a late game play that isn't a board wipe. Like if you're if you're playing white weenie mm. playing white tokens, I I think that's perfectly fine. The flavor on it, it isn't jarring. Um, and then other than that, is fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, in in general, uh -huh. I'm 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 again I'm net positive. None of these make me mad. Like some of these are just you know fine. I like I like that one of them is a good way to get your lands killed. That's very funny to me. <laughs> um, and then some of them are neat. Um, we do have uh, we have the kind of what I've dubbed the rare wolves, but just a cycle of rare werewolves. Um, they're the, the neatest thing about these is we have werewolves in not gruel on in specifically. I um, do like that. Hmm. We're yeah. getting wolves of a different color. Yeah. Um, right. And I think two of them, um, brutal Cathar is an example. I think they actually, they turn into different colors on their sides. Um, then one of them are the, uh, the normal the normal werewolf color, but we have a suspicious stowaway um, for one in a blue. Um, it is a human rogue werewolf for uh, one one. Can't be blocked when it deals combat damage to a player. Draw a card, discard a card, and then its nightbound side is that it is a two one that can't be blocked when it deals combat damage to a player. Draw a card. Just 
decent. Um, gives you a Simic Werewolf, which is just kind of neat. It's just neat to see. Um, I said Brutal Cathar, and then I read Suspicious Stowaway. That's just what I did now. That is cool. just what I have done. And now That's what really I will neat. do is Brutal Cathar. <laughs> um, two and a white, two, two. When it enters the battlefield or transforms, exile a creature and opponent controls until it leaves the battlefield. And then its flip side is a three, three with first strike. Has ward for pay three life. This one just seems actually kind of bonkers good. Um, granted, it's good on a creature you want to just attack with, but just a repeatable stacked up fiend hunter um, is good. It's mm. a little bit, I don't know, I think it's a bit safe that it can only hit your opponent's creatures. I could very much see a deck that just flipped this a bunch to exile all your things underneath it and then you just board wipe the table or something um so i think they're playing it a bit safe for it but that's probably intentional because what i've described doesn't sound like something they usually like to let people do um but those are the two that are not in um not in gruel mm-hmm. i thought that there was i thought that there was there's a black a, one but i might be wrong no there's a there's a mono black one as well um uh graveyard trespasser three mana three three ward for discard a card which i really like on a ward ability um whenever it mm-hmm. etbs or attacks exile up to one card from a graveyard if a creature card was exiled each opponent loses a life you gain a life because it's eating the graves which is great um and then it flip side is graveyard glutton four four also ward discard a card Whenever Graveyard Glutton enters the battlefield or attacks, exile up to two cards from Graveyards. For each creature card exiled this way, each opponent loses life and gain, and you gain a life. So it just eats Graveyards. It gets healthier for that. Um, that's great. That's real fun. It's a thing that it's a useful mechanic to do, and it's on a werewolf, which makes it a little bit more fun than just, I don't know, like on a random thing that doesn't matter. I agree with that. <laughs> I yes. I'll agree with that. <laughs> Stapling an ability that's generically useful on just a werewolf is a little bit it, it, more fun. It makes it cooler. <laughs> yeah, it, it is fun. what it does. Like the way that you do it is you either put it on a cool creature or a dumb creature. Like that's the reason scavenging goose is so cool. Yeah, is because goop. it's just like, hey, here's goop that eats a dead thing. And like that's like, well, that's <laughs> funny enough. And so I, I like that. So werewolves, <laughs> goop, it's all good. We eat goopier the better. Uh the next cycle. Uh, is we have a we have a cycle of DFCs that aren't tied to like typical set mechanics. Um, I believe, yeah, the one that I'm most excited for, and anyone who plays Alesha decks will probably be excited for as well, is Bereaved Survivor, two and a white for a two-one human peasant. When another creature you control dies, transform it, and it transforms into Dauntless Avenger, three-two. Whenever Dauntless Avenger attacks, return target creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking doing a pretty decent impression of just straight up Alesha who smiles at death. Um, I, it, it's side that it'll be in the graveyard is able to be reanimated by Alesha. Um, so it's just a cool card mm-hmm. here. And I mean, the other ones are just doing, we have Delver here as well, but it's just things that flip that aren't tied to a set mechanic. Um, more flip cards are cool. I like flip cards. I got no beef with them. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I think, sorry, I had a bunch of things in my mouth. I, I do think personally I could not see a card that has two sides for like a year and be pretty okay. Because uh, yeah. I feel like I've been looking at cards with two sides for like two years. So you know what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Give me just one card with text to read. I'm okay with that. Just one side, give me the words. But, you know, more. it's technically more magic cards. <laughs> so That's yeah. true. So yeah. two for the price of one. I suppose. And who can argue with that value? Not you. Josh. 
Uh, so I love it. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you have any thoughts, Josh? Any thoughts on these? On the two, uh, I was, I don't know, I was surprised to see that Delver came back. Um, but like, I don't, I don't know which, like, that's a notable thing to talk about Delver coming back, I think, because it was when it was around before it was like way overly common in decks. A lot of people have told me, um, I don't know if we're going to see that be the case again, <laughs> but it seems like a strange thing for them to try to have happen again. Just be like, hey, there's this card that just was ludicrously ubiquitous when it was first a thing. Really strong deck. Here it is again. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So we'll see if Delver I have... is big and standard again. I have thoughts on that, but I'll save that for its dedicated spot towards the end of the episode. Um, we then have a cycle. I'm not even going to read any of these, but we just have payoff commons for playing tribal. I think that's just limited stuff and it adds support to tribal decks for commander. And I'll never be mad at a tribal payoff. That is especially at common uh, in mm-hmm. commander. That just seems like it rocks. We got um, five dual lands that enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands. More uh, mana fixing is great for commander specifically. Um, because these don't seem like they're incredibly good for early game, which means they won't get scooped up uh, readily by competitive formats, so they should stay cheap for a decent amount of time for Commander. And I think they're perfectly fine in Commander when you're just as likely to hit these at, like, turn five, and it just fixes lands. Love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then, other than... Uh, so those are, like, notable cycles and such in the set. Then we just have some notable printings here. So the Delver of Secrets reprint um, is notable one for the reason that Josh said it's a very iconic magic card. It mm-hmm. it ran like ran over standard while it was in play for a good bit. Um, I think that's partially due. It was originally printed at common. So getting a playset was not hard to do. And its effect is actually very good. It is still a very played uh, card in like in modern and in popper and a lot of competitive formats, it's undoubtedly going to hit historic in a big way. Um, notably Morrow, or I, I think it was more specifically teased that a very important blue creature was getting a reprint in, in Estrad midnight hunt. And it was Delver notably to everyone, I guess maybe to no one's surprise, but to uh-huh. most people's disappointment, it was Delver and not snapcaster mage. Um, mm. I think while on some level, I, I love me a good troll. I, I enjoy me a good laugh. I just think that it's probably bad manners on wizard's behalf to make that kind of joke specifically, like to play around in that space and not just say like a transform card or something like that, because it just led to people getting upset at them. Like it didn't, I don't know if anyone was excited to see Delver again because people were more so busy being upset that we didn't get Snapcaster reprinted. Ah. It's just, it's one of those things that I feel like if they were printed Snapcaster, people would be upset at something anyway. They'd be mad yeah. about it. Just a third thing. Just, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to happen. Um, And the card is, like, I don't know how much the common of a Delver of Secrets is, mm-hmm. but, like, I feel like feel like this card still sees play in like modern and legacy and stuff right it does it sees it sees a ton of play like it the thing is it sees play in all the same places that snap also sees play which is to say everywhere Uh, um 
But yeah, I mean, it's just as likely, like, if they reprinted Snapcaster, it'd be upshifted to Mythic, which is where it was in Ultimate Masters, but yeah. people would be like, it was originally at Rare and Innistrad, why isn't it Common now, or something like that. Wasn't and Delver I, also at Common? And is and now it is, upshifted it, to it's upshifted to Uncommon, yeah, which mm-hmm. is arguably mm-hmm. more just, you know, appropriate. Um, but I think, like, yeah, it's, I, I just, for me, it just seems like it was probably a bad call to include that in, like, the 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 teaser list of stuff. Because there's no way they they genuinely thought people were going to be only excited to see Delver when the description of it is a important blue creature from original Innistrad. Like they know what cards were in the sets. I just feel like that was probably just a a a, um, a uh, snafu or a uh, a whoopsie do a whoopsie doodle. Maybe. But I mean, but they're not wrong. The card is a staple. Yeah, it's a, it's a staple <laughs> so played right. everywhere. It's like, yeah, it's just like I don't know, you just kind of point and be like, "Are we wrong? Look at Legacy. Here's Vintage. Here's like some modern stuff. Still, here's what's mm-hmm. going to happen in Historic. Like, what do you want? Like, I don't you it. guys have phones? There's more so... than one card. <laughs> <laughs> um, another notable reprint here. Uh, notable reprint specifically is we got Pithing Needle. Pithing Needle yeah. in this, which I didn't exactly expect. That's a card I like existing in uh, in standard environments because I. I have seen the argument that I kind of, I think I probably just agree with that Pithing Needle should just perpetually be in standard. It's just a good card. It's just a good card to have to answer a variety of stuff. Yeah, I, I like it. I don't have any issues with Pithing Needle. And I love this grody art of just the this The art big, is so good. It's like Arts a fish hook grody. with a fork kind of dealio going <laughs> to stretch <laughs> out a neck so that the needle can get all the way down in the neck. It <laughs> sucks. Yeah, like man, it looks like that sucks for that thing. But so this is this is both a good reprint and also probably my favorite art for this card Mm -hmm. like ever Mm -hmm. made. Oh yeah, it's Mm -hmm. gross. Mm -hmm. It's real grody. I'm about it. This is a good reprint. Yeah, yeah. Um, Champion of the Perished. I just wanted to point out. I think that that pun is very funny. That is Uh, the card is the card is decently good. The card is actually very good. And just, it was, you know what? They had their opportunity and they took it. I'm proud of that. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have two that are an alternate lose and an alternate win condition here that are just kind of mechanically very unique cards. Um, the first one um, I have here for us is Enduring Angel. Enduring Angel is a two white, white, white for a three, three flying double strike angel. You have hex proof. If your life total will be reduced to zero or less, instead transform it and your life total becomes three. Then if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. The flip side is Angelic Enforcer, star, star, flying. You have hex proof. It's power and toughness are equal to your life total. Whenever it attacks, double your life total. So it is a way for you to, not at flash speed, it does notably not have flash, but to mm-hmm. prevent yourself from dying due to combat damage. And then it kind of on itself gives you a way to climb back up in life total. What do we think about this card? Just what this card allows for, what it's doing. I always liked these, these you know, replace your death effects in white. Um, I mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like this one, it's, it's not overly strong, I don't think. I mean, you're you end up at three, and you have this critter that you know if it gets to attack, you're going to double your life total. You'll go to like, like six. Yeah, if you yeah. don't have anything else going on, you go to six. Um, I I like to see this kind of thing. I definitely like to see it. Um, yeah, I previous things. I mean, there's like Angel's Grace is uh, an existing previous thing. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of um, 
And like Lich's Mirror is another one that's one of those death replacement effects. And I like it. I like it being a thing in white. I like it sitting in that color pie. I mean, yeah. it, com- compared to some of the ways that black does it, I, I think it's, I think it's neat. Also, I will, I will end it saying, uh, I think it's neat. Dan, you know, where do you fall on, on this card specifically, this effect in general? <laughs> what happens if you have like eight of these? I think. Do they all? I think they were just the one. It, it, it replaces one event. So I think that gets into how replacement effects work because the event has already been replaced when the other seven would go to happen. Oh, wait okay. a minute. Yeah. And I do like that it says if your life total would be reduced to zero, like it doesn't require damage or yeah, right. just any way that you lose life. I think that there's kind of some fun shenanigans you can do where you just milk your own life total to hell just as a goof mm-hmm. and then just like don't have to deal with any of the drawbacks for it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I like any card that enables you to kind of try to play Death Shadow in, <laughs> in like a Orzov commander deck. I think that's yeah, fun. Yeah. There's like a uh, Angel on Kaladesh that also did a similar thing, Angel mm-hmm. of Invention or yep. something. Yeah. But I just, I love, I, I love tools these for dumb, I love these dumb effects. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Because this is the kind of thing that people will look at and say, this isn't great, but it's so convoluted that somebody's gonna do it. Somebody's yeah. gonna try. And it's, right. it's interestingly bad enough to make people really want to dig their toes in there mm-hmm. and, and find a way to lose all that life and double their life total, give it life length, and then they go up to like 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, it's, I think it's, um, like for me, I, I just like this, like outside of a uh, standard and a lot of like 60 card formats where white as a color basically just does completely fine. I, I kind of really enjoy this on uh this for commander specifically because i like white getting a segment of the color pie that it's already been about protecting its own stuff it's been about protection and warding and all that kind of stuff i like this idea that that white gets effects that just make it hard to finish off like i like this a lot better than just like you take a net you know one or two less damage from any given source because that makes it hard to get you all the way down but i actually Mm -hmm. specifically really like these things that just make you hard to finish that's very fun for me just like angel's grace does where it's a you know one white instant it's super cheap to play and it just literally just saves you at the last minute i want more of this type of effect and i like that this doesn't feel like this is annoying but all i have to do is like especially like let's say if i'm you know mono red i just swing at you to put you to zero and then after this flips i bolt you like it's i like that uh well you have hexproof i think on both sides either way though but like Mm -hmm. i do something else to just generically just do some additional damage it doesn't save you until end of turn even it saves you from this event that's putting you to zero so i don't think it's overly i don't know egregious of an effect and i just like white getting effects that make it that make it hard to just put the final nail in that's kind of a fun design space for me that i'd like to see it get more of Hmm. Mm -hmm, We then have as the alternate win condition a um, sort of a callback to Triskaidekaphobia, but we have mm-hmm. Triskaidekaphile. Uh, does anyone specifically want to read Triskaidekaphile besides me? I'll do it. Uh, Triskaidekaphile. One in a blue for a human wizard. Uh, it is a one three. You have no maximum hand size. Also, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have exactly 13 cards in your hand, you win the game. 
Also, pay three, one blue, draw a card. Flavor text. She's always willing to lend a hand. It just won't be her own. And then behind her on, I guess, a clock yeah. uh, is a bunch yeah. of a bunch of hands just kind of tied to it that are cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're, they're, they're cut up to be the, the numbers of the, the correct clock. correct numbers, yeah. They're the hands on the right. clock. Yeah, yeah. Alt-win-con for, uh, instead of Labman at zero at 13, I like this. I will say for general magic, I like this a bit more than Labman because it's harder to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I tend <laughs> to like any kind of a, any kind of alternate win condition. Mm-hmm. Those are mm-hmm. typically fun. I can't think of any that, like, I don't like. Like, if mm-hmm. they happen, I can't think of any where I'm like, ah, dang, that just doesn't feel uh-huh. good. Like, I, I like nearly every one of these. Yeah. I, I like how, I yeah. mean, you have to end up with 13 cards in your hand. She has the card draw ability, but for four, you draw one card. If if you get there, I mean, you're mm-hmm. having to probably actively choose to not play things from your hand, um, unless you've done some big shenanigans to just draw a big bongos card. But it's it's such a wonky thing to end up with 13 cards in your hand and get to your upkeep. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to be mad? Who is going to be mm-hmm. mad? Ah, gosh, darn it. You successfully got 13 cards in your hand, kept them to your upkeep, and you win. You should. You should. You should win. It's so telegraphed. I got no beef with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, like, like we all said here, just neat card. I like, I like alternate win cons. That's pretty fun. And this one is like, again, it's this creature has no inherent protection on it. So if you want <laughs> to not win that way, you kill the creature. Super, super yep. simple. Um, so those are all kind of the notable cycles, a notable individual cards in the set. And now we get to our kind of, uh, 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 tail end of our set reviews, our top three picks. I'm going to go last because I've looked at it. I think the least, uh, so who okay. wants to go first with their top three picks from Anastron Midnight Hunt? Um, I think Josh went first last time because I forced him to because I think yeah. I stole one of his the uh. time before. So I'm going to go first and hope that I steal Josh's. Okay. Um, and, and that'll be how this goes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. let, me, let me see. Where do I, I do want to give. No, I won't because this will probably be on somebody's uh, thing. Uh, once again, I'm approaching this from the standpoint of uh these are not cards that i'm necessarily interested in running these are cards that i like to see if they were played against me or in a game that i was watching or a part of even not against me i would be happy that Mm -hmm. that was happening it would fill me with glee um and so this set i'm not gonna lie it was a little harder to to find those for me but there i did (laughs) find at least three and we're gonna start off with number three here the curse of surveillance i do love me curses uh, this mm-hmm. is four and one blue for an aura curse. You enchant a player, and at the beginning of enchanted player's upkeep, any number of target players other than the player, uh, other than that player, each draw cards equal to the number of curses attached mm-hmm. to that player. So you can just be cursed so much that any number of players draw like 12 cards. <laughs> you just got 12 <laughs> curses on you. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking at you not having cards. It's really cute. And this is also the only curse so far. Like, the other curses are kind of group-huggy, like the ones from the Commander Precons. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, you attack them, you get a treasure, but I also get a treasure. But this one is just outright the most group-huggiest of group-hug curses yeah. that exist mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. And you can also just pick and choose. It's like somebody's in first, they don't get to draw. Somebody's in last, they're like, hey, man, this guy's cursed so bad that I feel bad for you. 
here, draw a bunch of cards. And that, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Flavorfully, I don't understand, (laughs) like, why this happens. Uh, Like, why this curse wasn't in the Commander Precon, and maybe one of the ones in the Commander Precon were put in place of this. But, mm -hmm. um, (laughs) here we go. Here's a curse. It's got a bunch of eyeballs on a hand, and because of that, everyone but you gets to draw a bunch of cards for how cursed (laughs) you are. Make it's perfect. It's very good for that. Mm-hmm. Hooray! Um, I'm actually stuck between two for my number two. You know what? I I will do this as my number two. I was struggling with this one for a while um, because this one, this one is Rim Carolus, the stalwart slayer. It's one and a red and white for a legendary oh. human knight, a flying haste. Uh, if a spell would deal damage to you or another permanent you control, prevent that damage. If a spell would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus one. It deals one additional damage. And I mm-hmm. was on the fence mm-hmm. about this one because I was like, we just got Torbran. We just got like uh, 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 like the, the Kaldheim god, Chandra's incinerator. All mm-hmm. these things, and I had to stop and be like, did we really need another commander that just makes repercussions very, mm-hmm. very good? Like, did the game actually need that? Yes. <laughs> yes, that, it did. Yes, it did. Uh. Anytime I see a repercussions deck at the table, I'm uh-huh. down for it. And this one, that much, like... This technically, well, not Torbran, and maybe not Toral, and maybe not any of them, but like, usually it's like, I'm going to Blasphemous Act with the repercussions out. You take 13 damage per creature. This one, 14 damage. <laughs> it's just one extra one. Also, yeah. the reason why I like it is because it's not a source. It's specifically a spell. So it incentivizes you to find weird ways to have to deal damage that isn't on a permanent. Like, you can't just pyro... Like, you can pyrohemia, but, like, it's going to hurt your stuff still. you got to find spells. So it's also a very good board wipe tribal, mono red Mm -hmm. board wipe tribal commander, (laughs) which we also didn't need any more of. But I'm always (laughs) excited that we got another one. I know I was just, um, in a couple episodes ago, being mad about... Or not being mad, but being confused about Gerard. But this mm-hmm. one specifically applies to damage-based board wipes. Yeah. And people don't mm-hmm. feel as bad mm-hmm. about those because lethal damage to an enchantment that's not a creature doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's cute. Mm-hmm. It's good. He costs three mana. He rides on a hippogriff. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. rocks. And mm-hmm. also, it has the really cool black and white alternate art. Yes. Which, for a Boros commander, seems <laughs> wrong to me. It seems wrong to me that this guy riding on a giant duck like just gets to have this sick as hell black. Like if I open one of these, I'm going to change my Zizella deck to be this person instead. Because it just looks so good. Um, But yeah, if I'm sitting across from that, I ain't going to be mad at a guy riding on a big chicken dealing blasphemous eggs. (laughs) Like I I can't be upset. Um, The chicken man. He's a chicken riding man. He's a chicken riding man, and he and he blasphemous acts for fourteen. The scary <laughs> part, 
like the phobia part doesn't even work anymore. <laughs> um, and then my number one, this shouldn't surprise anybody, and it might be somebody else's number one. I don't know. But it is Croaking Counterpart. Uh, it is okay, one, yeah. a green, mm-hmm. a blue. Create a token. It's a sorcery. Create a token that's a copy of target non-frog creature. So keep in mind, you cannot target a frog with this. <laughs> Except this is a 1-1 one, one green frog. Uh, does somebody have a, a Sir Conrad? You got a frog. <laughs> it's Sir Conrad. It is a frog. It is still legendary. Except this mm-hmm. one is a 1-1. One, one. It's a green frog. And let me tell you what I like so much about this card. Um, one, the flavor text doesn't care at all. It just says frog is the sincerest form of flattery. This card, it was not meant to be in this set. You cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> this isn't the fairy tale plane where the prince got turned into a frog. The person no. <laughs> is riding on a swan and they look like a Cathar and they're a frog now. <laughs> There's a frog Cathar riding on a swan. There's no explanation. It doesn't say, oh, the witch's magic can turn even the fiercest foe into... There's nothing. Nope. And it looks like a cartoon. Its eyes are so big and bugging. It's sitting there like a human. It looks like a Muppet. It didn't need to be here in this gothic horror set. And and the effect is just really good. And the flavor sucks so bad. Mm Mm-hmm. But man, anybody like, you know, if I have like a sire of insanity or a sire of stagnation and somebody gets a frog of it, a one-one green frog of my devoid sire of stagnation, yeah, man, you can't, how are you going to be upset at a green frog of anything? A Torbrand frog? Rampaging Ferasa frog? God. Then you got to come up with frog names? Like Elish, mm-hmm. Elish Norn? Grand C... No... Revive frog grand frog. Uh, frog. It's good. I just really like it. It's a good card. Those are my three. Whoop. That's what I'm doing. I'm gonna frog my rim Carlos and make a frog human knight. Do plus two damage to everything. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Good yeah, job. Yeah. Drew's okay. last, Josh. Drew's I last, am. Josh. So here's Josh second, Josh. Okay. I will also go in reverse order <laughs> with my three. So I'll start with my third. Uh, this one's real straightforward. This uh, card is cute. This is Death Bonnet Sprout for one green. You get a one one fungus. Yay! At the beginning of your upkeep, you mill a card. <laughs> then, if there are three or more creature cards in your graveyard, you transform it. On its flipped side, it is Death Bonnet Hulk, a three three fungus horror that is still green. <laughs> And its ability is at the beginning of your upkeep, you may exile a creature card from a graveyard. If a creature card was exiled this way, put a plus one, plus one counter on Death Bonnet Hulk. Uh, flavor text, they grow up so fast. They do. Um, like, <laughs> I cannot I cannot in words show you the art, but like the, the, the front side is just this cute, this adorable little freaking fungus little mushroom, but it's got little like person hands popping out like a little it baby. It does have human hands. Yeah, it's a little bouncing baby yep. mushroom. Um it's it does the mill thing on the flip side. It's like it's doing a um uh, uh scavenging ooze kind of thing. It lets you get rid of problem stuff in an opponent's graveyard if you want. And if it's a creature it gets a little bigger. Uh it's an uncommon. It's like it's not super strong, but I just think it's very cute and effective. And that is why 
I no, like I'm it. looking at it. I've been looking at it for Sidisi just because it's got free mill. Like it's just it's a yeah. it's a cute little guy. Yeah, yeah, it's got the and mill. It, it, it evolves it like Doug Trio evolves, which I love. <laughs> it does evolve like Doug Trio. It evolves it like evolve. Doug Trio yeah. evolves. <laughs> yeah, because its flip side is just uh, more mushroom. Because a mushroom, when it grows, a lot of times it's just, it just three kind of pop out more mushroom. Uh, but its little baby hands get mm-hmm. scary. I almost wish it just was just a fungus on the other side and not also a horror, and was just kind of cute uh, day and night. But it's okay. It's still very cute. <laughs> So that's my number one, straightforward. Uh, My number two, and this one I think a lot of people are eyeing for stuff, uh, but it is Lier, Lier, uh, Disciple of the Drowned. Oh, yep. For uh, two blue, three other. You get a three, four, human wizard. Uh, Spells can't be countered. Not just yours, uh, just spells at all can't be countered. And then the second part is each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. It is legendary, so it can be your commander. Um, My deal with it is, I mean, the second part where each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback is very strong and just is good. But that's not the part that I'm eyeing. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the part where just spells can't be countered. Any of them. And this is on a legendary blue creature. Blue being the color that counters stuff, you make it to where <laughs> nobody can do it at yep. all. That's that's hilarious. That's amazing. And it's like, I have not yet done all the research to see what kind of big goofs you can do. But I at least have realized that if you if you run Leer alongside Dovescape... <laughs> It makes it to where whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, counter that spell, but you can't. You don't counter it. You still get the spell. But then you also do still put X11 white and blue bird creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield where X is supposed <laughs> to convert mana cost. And there, I, oh, I don't know what it is yet, but there's got to be more stuff like that. Stuff that does not check whether or not you successfully counter a thing. So just Leer, you know, here's... Here's stuff that really, for all purposes, should be countered, but you can't. It doesn't happen, so then it gets wonkos. I want to, I want to see it. I want to see it happen. I, I'm almost disappointed that she has the second part giving the instant sorceries flashback because that's, I think, very much going to be what people use Lear for. But I want to see what people can do with just spells can't be countered. All of them. I want to see it. What is it going to be? I think mm. my favorite thing about Lear is that after all this time, we finally got a mono a mono blue card of a human wizard standing in water with their arms out, holding a staff. <laughs> that is a thing that I think magic has been lacking in its art for blue characters for a very, very long time. <laughs> just, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm just... And I'm glad this... Innistrad was the set for it. Somebody had to do it. It needed to be the the Halloween town with the character mm-hmm. in the ocean. This is, yeah. this is the good Stand in the water. No, it's, I do it's... think that there's like a whole slew of cards that are like, um, if you don't meet the certain requirement, the spell is like countered instead or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like there's some yeah. really stinky, funny Lear stuff. That's a really good there's pick. Gotta be. I, I didn't gotta even, be. I got so distracted by the second part. I didn't even realize yeah. that the first part is very fun. Yeah, it's the second part That's is cool. a big old like a big old neon sign on the front of an otherwise very interesting building. 
not to hate on neon signs. Neon signs are fine. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that I don't like neon signs. I'm just saying that uh, it uh, it takes the uh, the focus. But anyway, enough about neon signs. My number one. He pick, hates techno, Bill Ingvall. I'm gonna have a <laughs> terrible time when Neon Dynasty comes out. Also, what the hell? What did you say? I'm not gonna yeah, worry about yeah, that right the, now. Did you reference Bill Ingvall? What the fuck? Yeah, why did you? Oh wait, I get it. <laughs> Okay, I I want I desperately want to move on. Please, can we? Move All right, on? what's your last card? Oh God, my yeah. my number one pick, the one that I like the big most, is the Meat Hook Massacre. This is a legendary black enchantment Ooh. for two black, and then X. You get this legendary enchantment when it enters the battlefield. Each creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn, and then it's got two uh, triggered abilities. Whenever a creature you con- you control dies, each opponent loses one life. Whenever a creature an opponent controls die, you gain one life. Uh, I I really I always find it really interesting seeing X in the cost of uh, permanent thing. Like I mean, we we've seen a lot of it in uh, Green Hydra specifically, where they enter with X plus one plus one counters. But this one, it's just mm-hmm. it's a it's a weird feel. You see the X on this enchantment, and that's strange. But it does it very much makes it to where pretty much at any point in the game when you draw this card. You're gonna be, you're gonna get value out of it. I mean, even if you just pay the two black, you don't do any amount of minusing creatures. You still get the effect of critter controls dies. You you drain the opponent's critter, and opponent controls dies. You gain a life, and that's that's just nice. That's decent value. But then being able to potentially do mm-hmm. the 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 withering wipe, that's it's really nice. I'm definitely gonna run it, and I just I like. I like cards like this in general, where it's you know it's gonna be some decent, nice get uh, any point in the game. It feels good. It's good. Yeah, I have a Grismal deck. This card is incredible, incredible mm-hmm. in that deck. It is mm-hmm. cartoonish how strong it is in the Grismal deck. Um, then, it, then I suppose it falls to me. Uh, mm-hmm. My. My top three, I do want to give just two honorable mentions just because I like like one thing about them um, and I just want to make sure they get highlighted. But I wanted to talk about Flesh Taker, white and a black for a 2-2 human assassin. When you sack another creature, gain a life and scry one. For one mana, sack another creature, Flesh Taker gets plus two, plus two till end of turn. Just this art is unsettling. This <laughs> art is unsettling. It's not terrifying. It's not spooky. It is like disturbing. And I, I just want to commend, it uh, looks like it was done by Kev Walker. I just want to commend the art on this card. It's just a man wearing the mm-hmm. head of a cow and having like a, I mean, oh, butcher's tools yeah, staring at really you in good. the field. Just love that. Just love that art. The other one I want to just highlight real quick is just Defenestrate. Two in a black instant. Destroy a creature without flying because you throw them out a window. Yes! Throw that Eryxmathese out of a window no. today. <laughs> if only he had fly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes you just throw someone out of a like defenestrate anyone who has taken middle school history is going to know the word defenestrate it's a great word it means throw someone out a window we have it if they can fly they just get to fly away when they get thrown out the window fly out flavor the on a thousand my favorite thing about this is like josh is playing like sea monsters and you're like i'm gonna defenestrate erixmathes it's like oh no erixmathes fell out a window and it's like and because he fell out a window i'm gonna tragic slip your trouble oh. Like, oh no my sea crab slipped in the water and <laughs> like 
be I'll, sure to tell them. Innistrad props for its removal. Innistrad's <laughs> got some very funny removal. Like, yep. yeah, you just yep. slip and fall down. Minus 13, 13. <laughs> <laughs> so just yank them out of window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i just love that so much and the art is great um i do want to point out in the art i don't know how this person was thrown out of a window all of the iron bars are still intact so i guess they oh put him through sideways and then yeeted him um i did not know anyway that. yeah it's just a fun thing i noticed about the art yeah the the bars are not broken um hmm. my actual my number three pick um for this set is sludge monster Sludge Monster mm-hmm. is three blue blue for a five five horror. When Sludge Monster enters the battlefield or attacks, put a slime counter on up to one other target <laughs> creature. Non horror creatures with slime counters on them lose all abilities and have base power and toughness two two. This I love. Mm-hmm. This is like the the magic mechanical interpretation of actually drowning, of just slowly losing the ability to breathe under so much water. I like that it it lets them keep their it's it's commander removal in the sense that it turns off all of the relevant parts of their commander, but doesn't kill it. I love seeing that. I like that this is basically better frost titan in every single possible way. Um it's a sludge horror i just i like everything on this card sludge horror sludge horror hits for me it hits for me in a bunch of different ways i like Mm -hmm. it i Mm -hmm. i like sludge monster quite a bit i wish i wish that the counter on it gave the creature the ability like indefinitely but i know that they're they weren't going to do that but yeah i would really like that then you could also put it in guafa hazid profiteer so you could also uh, you can bribe them. You can bribe all the slimes. <laughs> you can have a br- you can bribe all this goop. Um, bribe slime. <laughs> bribe slime. <laughs> bribe slime live. Um, my number two pick is Vanquish the Horde, a really excellent board wipe from the set. Six white white oh, yeah. for a sorcery. Yep. Um, it costs one less for each creature on the battlefield. Destroy all creatures. So this is um, a kind of mechanical callback to Blasphemous Act, but in white. And it's flavored that Odric Lunark Marshall is just going ape on everything that exists. <laughs> which is, I love that. I love, I love the flavor on that, that it's one guy going batshit crazy on the whole board taking them all out that's mm-hmm. good stuff mm-hmm. um and it's it's white gets a cheap board wipe for potentially two mana like to see it mm-hmm. no i i love mm-hmm. this card i mm-hmm. it was almost on my list because i do i very much like a, the board wipe but mm-hmm. it really came down to i like blasphemous act more because it's yeah. 13 damage specifically and that's just so funny Mm-hmm. Like every time yeah. they like nothing needs to take 13 damage. You can usually get away with less. And like yep. anything that is not at exactly 13, like you never need that much. So, mm-hmm. but this is this is really cool. And I hope that a lot of you get these. I hope that this ends up being very affordable and in many decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's just it's just Odric going just going ape. And then my my number one pick, my favorite card from the set is Gisa Glorious Resurrector. Two two mm-hmm. black for a four four legendary human wizard. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. At the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Gisa Glorious Resurrector onto the battlefield under your control. They gain decay. I love this mass like into the dark realms style ability on a commander with the caveat that you get to big swing with them like once and then they go back. 
Um, you mm-hmm. also you didn't. It's an asymmetrical denial of death triggers because they don't get the death triggers that are on their own creatures. But when you have them, they will die and they'll go to their graveyard. Huh. I love that. Mm-hmm. I just think like uh, the the power and the play on this is like it's a reanimator deck, but for everyone else's entire graveyards. I love the flavor for it. I really like Gisa as a character. I like that they gave her another card. And it's alternate art. Looks sick. It looks rad oh, as yeah, hell. It got the yeah. spooky art. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Looks she looks genuinely unhinged in it. Love to see it. No, I do I do like this because we have not gotten a lot of um I think there was one other commander I think that exists that is about specifically yanking things out of other people's graveyards. Like I know that uh, Mimeoplasm does it like pseudo, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. like in this way, I think it's like that horrible, like Mardu angel, I think does it yeah. kind of like at random. <laughs> like, that's yep. like the next, but the things have to like, it's not like if it goes into the graveyard from everywhere, the creatures have to die. Yeah. You have to hope. Uh-huh that your opponents are putting creatures into play so that you can kill them. And that's such an interesting way to have to design. It makes you want to run like mass reanimation to get all their stuff out of the graveyard. And Mm -hmm. then you have to have something on board. That's like, okay, now Now I need to kill those things. That's a consuming aberration. That's like a 30, 30, like I got to do something. Mm -hmm. And that is really cool. I am. I'm really excited to see like what some of these lists look like. Cause I never actually like, I read the card and knew it was good, but it didn't occur to me. The, they have to die. Yeah. Their creatures have to die, which means that they right. have to play creatures into it, which most people just won't. So you've mm-hmm. got to force them, force yep. them with something like omen machine. <gasps> Is this an omen machine commander well. in mono black? It's also board wipe tribal in mono board black. Wipe because- tribal. Yeah, Omen uh-huh. Machine. This might be if I was ever to build a second mono black deck, I think that this might be it. Forcing players to play cards when they don't want to is one of my favorite things. So <laughs> yeah. this is mm-hmm. this kind of mm-hmm. slaps and mesmeric orb. So with that, when I living in all their things come back true, this is an excellent number one. Uh, t- it also <laughs> so good. It also synergizes well with Tainted Aether. Two and two black enchantment. When a creature oh, comes into play, its controller yeah. sacks a creature or a land. Like what does it? Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> does it work well with Tainted Aether? Oh, what do, what doesn't Gisa do? Man. Everybody out there, what doesn't Gisa do? A I card love that. that literally functions well with Mesmeric Orb and Omen Machine. Like that's just my two artifact babies. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. golly, I'm so excited for this card now. <laughs> oh, it gives me it gives me goosebumps. No things so typically good. work with both Omen Machine and Mesmeric Orb. This is a genius card. Mm-hmm. Those have been our picks. That's been our set review. Any uh, any like general overviews of the set as a whole from the Greek chorus that hosts the podcast? Uh, one more honorable mention. Because I was so sure it was going to end up on one of our top three, but it didn't. But I do have to give props to, of course, let me scroll up to the uncommons here. I got to give props to Dreadhound, four and two black for a demon oh, dog. Yeah. Uh, it demon is a 6-6 six, six demon dog. <laughs> yeah. When it enters the battlefield, you mill three cards. And whenever a creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from a library specifically, 
Mm. Each opponent loses one life. It's Sir Conrad, but a dog. Sir Dograd, here in the flesh, you love see And then if you got the mana for it, you can get this as a frog. <laughs> that is a perfect, beautiful world. Uh. <laughs> Demon dog, now Demon frog. Dog. Sir Conrad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Demon mm-hmm. dog. It's good. Josh, that's, do you have any honorable mentions? Honorable mention. Oh, mentions there, Josh. Literally, Dreadhound. It was. It might have been my number four. <laughs> <laughs> As I like so much, it's a demon dog. I like what it does. It's literally right there for me. So uh, I'll say it again. No, I won't. Demon dog. Demon, demon dog. dog. Demon, demon dog. dog. And it's Doug a six dog. six. Like that's yep. a good ass stat. It's on rate. Yeah, it's a six yep. man. It's a six man. A six six. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, do you demon have dog. the same honorable mention? <laughs> no, the other one I was going to mention is Lord of the Forsaken. That's okay. We all make mistakes. Uh, yeah, we, all, we all make mistakes, everybody. It Lord of the Forsaken me. is a six mana six six. Not even a de- It's not even a dog. It is a demon though. Uh, it's flying oh, okay. and trample for a black sack of creature. Target player mills three cards. Pay a life. Add a generic. Spend this mana only to cast a creature spell from your graveyard. I wanted for Sidisi Undead Vizier. Um, I lied about that. Sidisi. I've forgotten the name of my favorite commander, but I'm going to put my CDC deck. It's really good there. Yeah. <sighs> I do sorry. like Mono Black Aristocrat Mill. Yeah. yeah. Mono Black Aristocrat <laughs> Mill. Um, so then, yeah. So in general, what are the thoughts on the set as a whole, on the set overall? Uh, we'll start with Dan because I'm looking at him right now. That makes sense. And I'm going to have least to say. Um, typically, I typically don't care about Innistrad. I was disappointed this time. So it's a little different. Somehow worse. <laughs> but I'll be able to make a frog. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meat Hook Massacre. Um, I wish the whole set was about that. Just <laughs> one, one evil human running around killing everybody, putting their hands on hooks. God, love that flavor. That's yep. genuinely, like, flavor-wise, my favorite mm-hmm. card in the whole set. Yeah, mm-hmm. one enchantment. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll get the Meat Hook Massacre and it'll be Massacre <laughs> Girl got a spark, and she just comes over. She's here. going oh, around God. killing stuff. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. Mm. We, got a, we got a demon dog. It can't be that bad. We got a demon dog. Yeah. Josh? And as I said, it's um, I think it's cute. I um, I it It's a little... It's coming up to me with the little uh, picture it painted and said, can we put it on the fridge? And I'm going to let it, but I don't... I don't particularly want to keep <laughs> seeing it. Um... If folks were like, hey, you want to get a booster box and draft this? I'd say yes, because I like drafting anything, but I would wish that it was just about any other set. <laughs> oh. You're sounding meaner than mine, but I know, yeah, yours, I know yours wasn't. But you're sounding it a lot sounded a lot meaner. I let, yeah. I let the picture be on the fridge for a week. A week. A week. I like the set. I think it's pretty neat. Um, but I'm not. I'm not blown away with it like I was with like uh, like I remember being with original Innistrad. Though this one's just got. I don't know. Like it's. It, it's. It, I think it's a good palate cleanser because I know Eldritch Moon put a lot of people in a particular way. Um, and so it's, it's a good palate cleanser for me. And so it sets me up to either like Daniel be much more disappointed by Crimson <laughs> Val, um, or mm-hmm. potentially be 
very excited for Crimson Vow because I'm I'm kind of into the lore. I want to know what's going on with the Voldarens and the Markovs because most of the Markovs are dead. I think Edgar <laughs> is out of his grave now. And so like it's I I'm it's this one I think is I'm completely neutral on um on, on the whole maybe a little bit positive because I am now looking forward to Crimson Vow a lot more than I was. Hmm. <laughs> I like I I actively don't like vampires and i like werewolves more of the two mm-hmm. so i know that going into the next one is go- <laughs> like unless the get wrong slaps if the get wrong oh, slaps man. so oh, hard please yeah. if there's a good get wrong set of the year but <laughs> if that get wrong don't slap so hard i'm expecting to be fairly let down by the next set even more so and that'll be mm-hmm. expecting mm-hmm. it to not be any good yeah the get wrong mm-hmm. leviathan God, I hope that that's who's oh, getting married. Man. <laughs> I love you, Voldaren marries and Get Rowl. Get <laughs> Well, that's been our review of Anastron <laughs> Midnight Hunt. Uh, we have been your hosts. Uh, feel free to follow us on, uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter, Demonstrate the Loop. We're on podcast platforms and stuff. Um, if you have an episode idea, if you want to give us feedback, you can also reach out to us via email at dtlmtgpod at gmail.com but with all of that said we have now sufficiently demonstrated the loop we'll move to the end step and conceive a spooky scary skeleton and shivers down your spine <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>